I will, uh, I'll always remember my family's first experience with, uh, with tropical weather. We were living in the Fort Myers area, and as, as an adult, we were living in the Fort Myers area, and uh, what was supposed to be a hurricane, Hurricane Ernesto, ended up being Tropical Storm Ernesto. And uh, we had, uh, we had, it hadn't been that long since we had moved from, uh, from Wisconsin down to Southwest Florida, down to Fort Myers, uh, which uh, Fort Myers will have a very different experience today. Uh, they're expecting uh, uh, Irma to arrive in just a few hours as a, a pretty strong Category 4. Uh, but uh, with, with Ernesto, it was interesting because we had a number of, of our friends that they, they, were, they were, you know, texting us and, and calling us and asking, are you okay? It's the, same, it's the same text that I've received over and over again over the last 24 hours. I've, I've had friends say, are you Okay. Uh, I had a friend that texted me uh, about uh, 6.30 this morning, are you okay? And so, here's what I did. I, I took my phone and I, I, I called him on FaceTime and I said, let's walk outside, right? And I told him, I said, I said much of what you see is either somebody that's, you know, they, they rush people to the, to, the, to the heart of the storm uh, and then they'll, they'll broadcast from the heart of the storm, uh, but that's not always the way it is. He said, um, perception and reality are two very different things. And so I said, uh, don't, um, do not get your understanding what's happening from the Weather Channel, right? Uh, because they, they live, uh, their livelihood, uh, and, and to some degree, is based on uh, how exciting they can make things, right? There's a, there's a local weather uh, 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 forecaster, uh, meteorologist, who said this several times in the last 12 hours as we've watched the news reports on TV. He, he said this over and over again. Now, folks, I want you to know we're not going anywhere, that Central Florida is still going to be here. And I, I thought to myself, well, thank you for that reassurance, right? I, I, I'm, I, I was confident in that beforehand. And I want you to know this. I want you to know, uh, for those of you that are here today, for those of you that are watching via live stream, via uh, f- uh, Facebook Live, that Central Florida is still going to be here tomorrow. Uh, we have all the confidence in the world that we're still going to be here tomorrow. And, and not only that, uh, we are confident uh, that we are still going to be here doing what God has called us to do and being who God has called us to be. Amen? But it's easy, it's real easy when you find yourself in the midst of a difficult time, when you, when you find yourself facing a challenge, it's real easy to have the same disposition that we see of the disciples when they're in the boat with Jesus, right? Listen, these, these men, they, they were used to bad weather. They, they lived around the Sea of Galilee. And so, for a storm to kick up, was, it was no big deal for them. They, they were accustomed to that. They, they lived their lives on the water. But this was no ordinary storm. It was a, a tempest, right? And, and the storm was so violent that, that these, these men who, who grew up, who made their living on boats, they, they freaked out, right? It, it's not unlike what we see happening uh, in, in Florida today. We, those of us who live in Florida, we're used to uh, storms kicking up. We, we know this. This time of year, pretty much every afternoon it rains, and we can have some pretty torrential rains, and we can have some pretty strong winds. However, when, when a storm develops out by the Cape Verde Islands, right, and it, and it rolls across the Atlantic, and, and then when you hear that the storm is setting records for wind speed. 
When you remember the devastation of Andrew, and they, they show you a picture of Irma compared to Andrew, it, it, it's, not, it's not unusual that at the very least that it would cause you to pause, right? And cause you to wonder, maybe even cause you to fear. And that's where Jesus and his disciples find themselves, right? They are freaking out because of this storm. And the posture of the Messiah, he's asleep in the back of the boat. And so they go to him, and, and there's an element of their statement that seems critical. There's, a, there's an element of their statement that seems impassioned. There's an element of their statement that even can be viewed as critical. Master, don't you care? Master, don't you care? Don't you care that we are going to drown? I have, I have watched on social media as, as people have used Hurricane Harvey, the wildfires out west, now Irma, the Mexico earthquake, to ask the question, does God really care? Even some who would question, is God even there? You know, it's not unusual. It's, it's some level, on, on some levels, in some regards, it's human nature to go, God, do you really care? Are you really there? Jeremiah faced some of the same emotion as he watched his beloved city, Jerusalem, burn. And as he watched its inhabitants carried off into captivity. And, 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 he, and he writes this in, in, in a book called Lamentations. Lamentations, it's interesting, even the name Lamentations, the Hebrew word for that means ekha. In English, ekha would be, would be translated how, why, or alas. And actually, the, we call this the book of Lamentations because Lamentations 1, Lamentations 2, and Lamentations 4 begin with that word, ekha. How? Why? Alas. It's actually, it's, it's a word that's used, that phrase that's used. It was common in a funeral dirge. And so, Jeremiah writes this book of Lamentations almost as a funeral dirge over his city that has been destroyed. And here's what he writes at the beginning of Lamentations. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. I, I thought about that scripture last night as, as I, I drove, a couple of us drove from here uh, from the church about 8.30, 9 o'clock last night, we drove from here to Wawa because Wawa was the only place that was open. I, I, I actually, I thought, I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm venture from preaching to commentary for a moment. I thought, man, if I owned a pizza delivery place in Orlando, I could have made a ton of money last night. Right? Uh, as, as everybody was hunkered down uh, because last night we were experiencing, for those of you that don't live in Orlando, last night it was pretty horrific. We experienced at least six mile an hour winds. Yes, six miles an hour. And uh, so, uh, but, but anyway, how, how lonely is the city that was full of people? 
Like a widow is she, who was great among the nations. The princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into captivity under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. The roads to Zion mourn because no one comes to the set feasts. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted. And she is in bitterness. Oftentimes, that's the result when we find ourselves in difficulty, right? When we find ourselves in a challenging situation, when we find ourselves in those moments where there aren't easy answers or comfortable explanations. She is in bitterness. How? Why? Alas, master, don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care that all is lost? Don't you care that we're going to drown? See, Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat because he understood this undeniable, unchanging truth that God is always sovereign. And yes, the rain does fall on the just and the unjust, but God is faithful. And every one of his promises are true whether you're looking at a glorious sunrise or watching the cone of uncertainty, his promises still hold true. And so even in, in, in the midst of this book, this book that, that, that is called L The Lament, I'm convinced that God gives us a wonderful word for today, that God gives us a message what we do when we find ourselves in that difficult time, what we do when we find ourselves in a challenging situation. So I want to I just I, I want to show you four things from Lamentations chapter three. Lamentations chapter three. Okay, what do we do when we find ourselves in a challenging situation? What do we do when it's difficult? Well, the first thing that we do is this is we turn our focus towards God. We turn our focus towards God. Here's what it says in Lamentations chapter 3, starting in verse 25. It says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. To the ones who seek Him, it is good to wait for the salvation of the Lord. The Lord is good to those who seek Him, to those whose hope in, is in Him. A scripture that I often quote from Hebrews says this, We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. The simple truth is this, friends. The winds will blow. The waves will crash in. We will face times of challenge. We will face times of difficulty. And yes, it is a human tendency for us to take credit for the sunrises in our life. But to raise our fist at God towards the hurricanes in our day. And the God who is faithful in the glorious sunrise is also the God that's faithful in the hurricane. And we can be confident in that. And so what we do is we turn our eyes, we turn our focus to Him. God, I understand your disposition towards me. I understand your character. 
And God, I embrace your promises. I trust you in that. So we, we, turn, our, we turn our focus towards God. Isaiah 26 tells, tells us this. It says that God keeps those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. He keeps those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You know, and I grew up, I was a, I was a pretty fearful kid. I think some of that is, I'm the, I'm the 12th of 13 children. There were eight children living at home when I was growing up. The older siblings were, were gone and off. But I'm, 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 I have, I have uh, six older brothers, and, uh, and then I have, I have uh, five uh, older sisters, one younger sister. And the three brothers living at home, there were actually four and four in the eight that, were, that, that lived at home, four boys and four girls, and I was the youngest of the four boys. And, and my brothers loved to terrorize me, right? They would do some of the, some of the craziest things. We had this, we had this room uh, down in the basement of our house. Uh, for those of you that live in Florida and have never experienced a basement, that's um, a, a, an area that's underneath the ground uh, that uh, north of Florida doesn't get wet. And so, uh, but anyway, we, we had this, this room in the basement of our house. It was the furnace room. And there was no light in that room. And there was something wrong with our furnace that whenever you touched it, it would shock you. And my brothers loved to throw me in that room, right? And then pound on the door like, guys, come on. I'm four years old. So maybe this explains a lot of who I am today, right? Or, or and, 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 and they, they loved to, uh, they, my brother, one of my brothers found this electric transformer, uh, neon sign transformer, right? And so they took that thing and took it apart and, and they used a part of it, uh, they would take wires and connect it to like, well, to, to the handle of a door, right? And then they would call you into the room. And, and I don't know how much, I don't know, don't know how much power this neon transformer could produce. I do know this. I know that they were able to use it to etch their names into the concrete floor, right? And you go, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can grab this. I don't know. I don't know what they have in store for me. My brothers shot me, okay? At, at seven years of age, my brothers shot me with a twenty-two pistol, Here's what they did. And, and let me say this. For those of you that are here, for those of you that are watching, I, I, I encourage you, more than encourage you, I beg you, uh, this is really a bad idea, but this is, this is truth. This is what they did. So my brother Richard and my brother Pete, they, they took a twenty-two caliber bullet. They took the, 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 the lead uh, part out of the top. I think it's lead. I, I don't know anything about bullets. Uh, but they took this bullet apart. Uh, and they, they took the, the projectile off, and then they poured wax in there, right? They thought this was going to be funny. Not so much. And, uh, and so they came around the corner, and they said, hey, we don't like you. We hate you. We're going to kill you. And they shot me. I'm seven years old, and they shot me. Hit me in the arm. I still have the scar today. Hit me so hard, it spun me around and knocked me down, and my arm's bleeding. You know, they thought it would just, you know, wax would just hit me, and they'd, ha-ha, funny. They had no idea that, I mean, it could have done, like, had they hit me in the chest, it could have done real serious damage, right? So, it, boom, knocks me down, and, and my first thing is this. I'm shot. I'm in full panic, right? But then when I realized I'm not going to die, you know what I said? What would any seven-year-old say when their brothers just shot them? I'm telling mom. And now the fear shifted from me to them.
partially because I grew up in that world. I was, for the longest time, I was afraid of the dark. Because I, I didn't know what was awaiting me. Even into my, even into my teen years, my latter teen years, I, I find myself very uneasy in the dark. But then I came to this realization. I will not be afraid, for I know who holds my tomorrow. I will not be afraid, for I know he'll make a way. And he keeps those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. His presence makes the difference. So friends that are freaking out over the possibility of a Category 1, Category 2, Category 3, Category 4, Category 5 storm. I have no idea what the weathered, what the weather would bring to Orlando. I don't have the ability to control the weather. But here's what I do know. I know that my God has never failed me. And I I know this. I know sometimes he chooses to calm the winds, and sometimes he chooses to calm me. And even in a situation like Irma, if God chooses to calm the winds, great. If he causes the, the hurricane to just dissipate, great. If he causes it to take a hard shift out into open water, that's good too. But God, if the reality of the world that we're in means that Irma has to come straight through Orlando, it doesn't change my understanding of who you are. It doesn't change my confidence in you. See, when I, when I focus my attention on God, what it does is it allows me to seek him and say, God, would you remove my fears? And I can have that disposition that David has, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Both your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your, your, your hand of correction, your hand of direction, whatever it is that you want to give, God, I trust in you. I trust in you. That's when we face the hurricanes of life, when we face the challenges and difficulty, when disaster strikes, we focus our attention on God, and then we, we, we ask God to remove our fears. Here's what it says, continuing on in Lamentations chapter 3. It says this in, in verse number 55. From the bottom of the pit I cried out to you, O Lord, and I begged you to listen to my cry, and you heard me, and you answered me, and you told me not to be afraid. I love the fact that Jeremiah admits that he's in the lowest of the low place that he can imagine. He's in the lowest of the low, low place that he can even conceive. And he says, from the bottom of the pit, God, I was, in, I was in the deepest, darkest place that I could picture in my life. 
And in that, God, I, I cried out, almost instinctively, God, I cried out to you. And it's interesting to me, even, in, even in, when, when we find that our disposition is somewhat confusing and we, and we rail against God, right? And we go, God, how come? God, why? That's still an indicator of that, that, that thing that's inside of us, that, that nature that's inside of us, that instinctive disposition that we know that in times of challenge that it just makes sense to reach out to God. And that's what we see Jeremiah doing. From the bottom of the, the, the pit, in absolute despair, I cried out to you. And you answered me. And you told me not to be afraid. It echoes what, what David wrote in Psalm 46 when he says this, God is our refuge. God is our strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountain fall into the heart of the sea. I love that. God, you're my refuge and you're my strength. You're a very present help in trouble. So I won't fear. Though the earth shakes, the earth trembles, though the earth moves, if the mountain falls into the sea, God, I will not fear because you're my refuge and you're my strength. You're my very present help in trouble. God is our shelter. I will tell you this, that's the reason why, and, and those of you that are here and, and many in the church family are aware of this, even those that are watching on live stream, uh, that we had a, a decent number of people that used Calvary as a place of refuge, that used Calvary as a shelter last night. And we have many that will be staying here this evening. For me, there wasn't a question of whether or not we would do that. Because I can't imagine, God's Word says this, He's a shelter in the time of storm. If God's a shelter in the time of storm, I can't imagine His house being closed in the time of storm. It's the reason why I knew, it, no matter what the weather forecast was, we were going to have church today. Because there are a lot of you that are watching at home. There are some of you that you're watching uh, and you've gone far north. And I, I, want you, I want you to know this, that God understands your fear. He understands your anxiety. And He, and he, doesn't, he doesn't judge you for that. Quite honestly, nor, neither, neither do I. But, but what God wants you to know is this. He's got you. You don't have to be afraid. And just like Jeremiah, who cries from the bottom of the pit, I cried out to you, O God, and you answered me. If you listen this morning, you will hear that voice of God. Then more often than not, 
the voice of God comes not in a shout, but it comes in a whisper. And he says this, I've got you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Why? Because we know this. We know that God is a protector. We also know that God is a restorer. That's why Jeremiah says this in Lamentations. He says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. I love that. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, so I will hope in him. God's a restorer. What does he restore? Jeremiah 30, 17 says this. The Lord says he will restore health to you and heal all of your wounds. The same Jesus that healed thousands in the Bible is still in the business of restoring health today. He, he, he's a restorer of life. Ruth 4.15 talks about how, how God provided for Naomi's life to be restored after her, sons, uh, her husband and her sons had died. And may he be able to be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. God's a restorer of joy. David's cry in Psalm 51 is that God will restore the joy of his salvation. And God is praised throughout the Psalms as a restorer of joy. God is a restorer of our walk with him. And Galatians 6.1 tells us this, that if someone is caught in sin, that the spiritual community is to restore that person in a spirit of gentleness. God's a restorer of our damaged soul. Right? I quoted the 23rd Psalm, the Shepherd's Psalm, earlier, and it says this in that 23rd Psalm, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Listen, there's nothing this, that this world can take away from you. There's nothing that any storm can take away from you that God cannot bring back to you. Why? Because he's a restorer. So in these times of challenge, in these times of difficulty, what do we do? Here's what we do. We focus our attention on God. We ask him to remove our fears because we know that he will restore us and we believe in that. And then finally, it's important that we remember what never changes. There are parts of the Caribbean that look very different today than they looked two years ago. The neighborhood that my family and I lived in in Fort Myers will probably look very different tomorrow than what it, looks to, what it looks today. A lot of the landscaping will be uprooted. There will be signs that were, that were once there that are gone. Probably a number of buildings that the roof of the building will be laying in the street. We likely will see very little of that where we're at in Orlando. But there, there, there are parts of Florida that are going to experience the wrath that is Irma. But all of that can be rebuilt. All of that can be restored. All of that can be renewed. You know what does not change? God's promises to you. God's love towards you. God's concern about you. The destiny that God has for you. 
and your eternal home. There's nothing that this earth, there's nothing that hell itself can throw at us that will change the disposition of heaven. That's the reason why Jesus was pretty comfortable sleeping in the back of the boat, even though the winds howled, even though the waves crashed. That's the reason why Jeremiah, though he watched his city burn, he could say, God, I I heard you speak to me and you said, don't be afraid. So that's my disposition today. I will not be afraid, for I know who holds my tomorrow. I will not be afraid, for I know, I know, God, you will make a way. So for those of you that are here today, for those of you that are watching uh, via live stream, via Facebook Live, you don't have to be afraid. And that, that's not just about the, the weather today. That's about all those fears and anxieties of life. You don't have to be afraid. And God, God wants to use this moment. And, and I, love, I love how God does this. God will take the difficulties and challenges, the adversities of life, and he'll take them and turn them for incredible good. And what God wants to do is God wants to use the the situation that you find yourself in today, the situation that Florida finds itself in today. And God wants to use it and leverage this moment and speak into your anxieties and speak into your fear. And he wants to use the, the pressure of today to reveal to you his promise of a tomorrow. So the question is this, will you cast your cares upon him? More than casting your cares upon him, will you you surrender your life to him? All that you are, all that you have, all that you hope to be, just place it in his hands. God, I I give it to you, I, I trust in you. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that there are some today that are making that decision for the very first time. There are others. You made that decision. Maybe a long time ago you made that decision. But the busyness, the opportunities and obstacles of life have have caused you to, to drift. And now you, maybe you're completely disconnected to God or, or maybe for you, God is still there, but he's, he's very distant. Well, a hurricane warning. 
along the beaches of Florida, the red flag is waving. It's there to get your attention. Make no mistake, don't twist my words. We cannot, nor should we, blame God for difficulty. The challenges that we face in life were not God's design. We know that when we read the creation account. God's heart is for something different. It's the whole reason for the promise of heaven. But in the midst of it, living in this sinful world with all of the challenges that come along with that, God continues to inject himself into, the, in, 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 into this world and into our life to, to, to speak peace, to speak identity, to speak hope, to speak purpose, to speak destiny. And God uses the situation that we find ourselves in to speak to you today and say, come back. Or maybe connect for the first time. Because I can help you. I can bring relief to that pressure. I can... I can bring victory to that failure. I can turn that fear into faith. God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that it's true. I thank you that you have us. That you have us. And knowing that you have us, we make this declaration today. I will not be afraid. For I know, I know who holds my tomorrow. I, I will not be afraid because I know, God, that you make a way. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.